Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. A little break from the Expectations series today. Uh, Daniel Mills joins us again from Western Canada. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Ken. How are you doing? Uh, I've got no complaints. Anytime I can talk football, especially defensive packages, <laughs> a topic that interests me, then then uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So, Daniel, you're, you're a high school coach out in Vancouver at the uh, uh, on the defensive side of the ball? That's correct. Yeah, I'm a secondary coach. It'll be my fifth season, I believe, coaching uh, this coming fall. We just started spring camp today, actually. So that's a nice new twist in the year. But uh, yeah, I've been doing that for about five years now, and it's something I've really enjoyed. Well, it's a perfect topic for you then. Talk about defensive packages, because for, for my money, a lot of that's really centered around uh, what you do in the secondary. That's what varies more than what mm-hmm. you do at the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. at the NFL level. There's just variation at, on all three levels, but the, <laughs> the variation in the secondary is uh, you know, significantly totally. uh, leveraged in terms of, of, of what's done. Exactly, yeah. So uh, how about we jump into it in terms of um, maybe talk about when teams like to play base defense and, uh, you know, base defense, first of all, let's explain what that means. Exactly. Yeah. So base is uh, for the Ravens, it's typically the three, four defense, right? So the three defensive linemen, the nose guard, uh, the three tech and the five tech, meaning over the B gap and over the inside of the C gap there. Uh, And then the four to four linebackers, right? So the edge rusher, the two edge rushers, typically a Sam. And then the other edge rusher and then the two inside linebackers there. 
So that's typically the base defense, we call it. Uh, and with that, that's usually a run, def- run defense uh, package, right? So first down, second and short, uh, those sort of things. Okay, you had two safeties and two corners, two outside mm-hmm. corners. So it's usually a reaction to the other team playing some heavier personnel, usually 21 or 12, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay, so so if they're if they're in twenty one personnel, one of the nice things about the personnel grouping is take five minus the sum of the two numbers. <laughs> two, two two one means two running backs. Let's explain this one time because we yeah sure. Let's what do does it mean? Pardon me, sir. Oh, Tw- twenty one means so two two uh, twenty one means two running backs. Typically a fullback, a running back, and one tight end. Uh, the flip side, there are twelve personnel, uh, one running back, and then two tight ends. Right. So it's, one of the things that comes up fairly regularly is there's an apparent formation that the team puts on the field, uh, which is which is dictated by personnel. And that's what the defensive coordinator actually has to respond to. They to make the second mm-hmm. change. Yep. And, and but th- what they don't do is they don't get to see the other team line up with what they've got yet. So if if they put three tight ends on the field, that can be very confusing mm-hmm. to the defensive coordinator because he doesn't really know how to cover it. He doesn't know whether he's exactly. going to flex yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me at the high school level, what kind of mm-hmm. what kind of reaction do you have? To, do you have a lot of variation in package from down to down, or, or do you, does do things stay pretty stable because there's probably less yeah. develop past? Yeah, that? not not quite as much. Um, but it's more so our own defense dependent. Like we'll have guys we put in on passing downs, right, third and long, third and medium sort of thing. But at least in our league, especially uh, a lot of people are playing air raid spread offense these days, right? So it's a lot of hurry up, no huddle, that sort of stuff. So it's usually. Mm-hmm. Right, they're lined up in the pistol or in the shotgun either way, and they got four receivers spread out wide. Very rarely will you see an H back or a tight end in line. Uh, it's just a lot of slot guys. So a lot of ten. You got yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of, of ten personnel. Okay, yeah. all right, really interesting. So it doesn't really matter if they're tight ends or whatever yeah. at that level. There's yeah. not too much differentiation. If there's, if there's a tight end per se, it's usually just mm-hmm. a bigger slot guy or a bigger wideout guy. So. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, very cool. So anyway, uh, it, it, when the when the Ravens would be playing base defense, uh, they'd be doing it against often twenty one, sometimes twelve personnel. It's amazing how little base defense is played when you're winning in the NFL. And go back to 2019, and the Ravens only played their base defense. I want to say it was about ten percent of the time, but let me get you an exact number on that. Uh, yeah, they only played hundred and two snaps of That's base. Crazy. And 13 jumbo. So if I want to include those in there too, uh, 115 snaps out of 964 in a 17-game season. Um, that's only um, 11.9% that they played wow. uh, uh, base defense. In fact, I think it was only 10.6% base, and then they had some jumbo in there. Sure. Uh, so that uh, is crazy. I mean, normally <laughs> you, you figure you might play that on a lot of first downs, but the Ravens mm-hmm. got big leads. They put their totally. they put their Mm-hmm. dime packages in sometimes even their quarter and they just said we dare you to run the ball we got such a big lead seriously you, know, you got to try and, to catch up yeah and with third lamar jackson that especially in 2019 in the running game yeah. uh if you know if you give the ball back to the ravens and they're up by 14 if they're automatic take you know eight minutes off the clock every time so uh teams really have to be on the offensive for sure yeah all right. So, so anyway, that's that's a little bit of description about the base package. So let's move mm-hmm. on and talk a little bit about about uh, nickel. And there's a couple of different variations of nickel. Uh, the Ravens play three major ones. So let's talk about each of those. So the first one is is what I think we would just term as a standard nickel. And you mm-hmm. make only one substitution mm-hmm. from the base defense to the standard nickel. Yeah, for sure. So the base the base nickel would be a four two five. Right, mm-hmm. so you kind of bring the one of the one of the linebackers in to be an edge rusher, creating the four defensive linemen, 
Then you have those same two inside linebackers, and then you bring on that nickel corner, uh, like a T-Bun Young, a Darius Washington, Kai. Right, you bring that that uh, that fifth defensive back in, and you still have the two safeties, the two outside corners, and that nickel slot corner. So the one, if I always say, if you're at the ball game and you're looking for the substitution to give away the change from base to nickel, you look for a defensive tackle to come off the field. Sometimes yep. a nose, sometimes a, yep. you know a, a defensive tackle, and then you look for you know that that slot corner to come on the field. Exactly. Yeah. You could be the smart guy in your seats and say, "Hey, oh, look, they're switching from base to nickel." <laughs> <laughs> And you know that uh, nickel is is the new base in the NFL. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, when teams, what 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 can you an offensive coordinator do to force the nickel? Uh, bring out more, bring out more small guys. Right, bring out more receivers. So, so if you put three receivers on the field, you're generally said to force the nickel in the NFL. Now, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. mean that as a trivia question. I just kind of sure, wanted to, yeah. to let you get involved in the conversation here. I, I don't want to do the, the, the explaining here. But uh, in 2019, for example, again, that's a good year where the Ravens are going right. They had 442 mm-hmm. snaps of nickel uh, in 964 total snaps. So about 45.9% of the mm-hmm. time um, they played a uh, some version of the nickel defense. That's five defensive yeah. backs. Now, there's. A, a few different ways to align that. And uh, one of them involves a change in the defensive backs. The other involves a change in the other personnel. So I want to go through quickly that when you have three safeties and two, the normal is what we just mm-hmm. talked about is three corners and yeah. two safeties standard, but that's big great. nickel. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Big nickel. So that's something I think the Ravens will really do a lot this year, right? With the addition of Kyle Hamilton, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've said Ken before that, you hope that Hamilton will almost force the issue with Mike McDonald and Harbaugh, right? Where he's too good, you have to have him on the field all time, yep. especially with Williams and with uh, with Chuck Clark. So the big nickel is where that safety, that third safety, comes in as in place of that slot nickel type guy, right? So you still have the two outside corners, too high, and that third safety comes in kind of inside the box there and plays that uh, nickel, so to speak. What's it? What's what would that typically be reacting to in terms of who's in the slot? Um, it would be sort of like a bigger, either a bigger slot receiver, like a Chase Claypool type guy, right? Or maybe a Mike Gusecki, right, of tight end who will often not be in line, right? Cal Pitts, yeah. that sort of thing. So flex, flex tight end or or and uh, or a big wide receiver. So oftentimes oh, right. it's a, it's a response to twelve. So twelve mm-hmm. of the base is one possible uh, response to to twelve personnel. But if you think you've got somebody flexing out. Uh, and a lot of teams do that now as a, as a pretty standard means, then you, you probably want to get an extra defensive back on the field. And, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what the Ravens do. Are you expecting the Ravens mostly to bring Hamilton up to go right opposite a tight end with the additional options he gives you? Or, or do you think Hamilton is too valuable on the back end mm-hmm. and they may, they may have Clark mm-hmm. up in that big I'm, angle role? I'm kind of torn on that opinion. I think, I, can, I, I think either way is really a good option. Um, if you bring, obviously, you bring Clark down in the box, he's the cap of the defense, right? So he's, it's better to communicate that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Hamilton's so quite quick in small spaces, right, that he can just diagnose a play so quickly. Um, you might maybe do, you're right, but you might be too valuable to take off of the back end. Um, mm-hmm. So you're right on that. But. I think I think he could also rush the passer. So I'm, I, I wasn't <laughs> trying to really lead the witness. In it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but but I, I, I like what Hamilton brings to this defense. I think, yeah, you know, yeah. he's as close to Derwin James as we're likely to get here in Baltimore mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. Uh, gives the Ravens a lot of options on how to use him. For sure. Absolutely. All right. So the, the other one is one kind of I define for myself, but the Ravens um, had a lot of problems stopping the run and a lot of it was edge related. 
So with a standard nickel secondary, they can play something that, that I call jumbo nickel. And to do that, they sacrifice one of their two inside linebackers, take him off the field, and keep a third defensive lineman on the field, which you normally would not be able to do in a nickel formation because that's the sacrifice you make mm-hmm. is defensive tackle out and slot corner in. But in this case, you, you, you take out an inside linebacker uh, and you stay with the 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 the, uh, the the nickel secondary with just one inside linebacker. To do that, you really need to have safeties who know what they're doing in terms of their run fits. So you want guys on the back end. Uh, Tony Jefferson was excellent uh, in that role in 2019. He's a guy who certainly you know knew knew how to do that. Chuck Clark um, very good at it. Uh, others you know Elfin safeties are not ideal for that kind of. Uh, um, package, but I think more than anything, it gives the opponent another look for certain heavier packages, whether that's 12 or 21, just a different type of look. Yeah. Uh, actually, really more 12 than 21 you'd be running mm-hmm. a, a, mm-hmm. a jumbo nickel against. Yeah, I, th- I think you made a good point there with the 12, because if you have those two tight ends inline blockers, you have those five guys down the line of scrimmage, it kind of covers up most of the holes there as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's three types of nickel. Now, if if we move on and we talk a little bit about dime, uh, dime. If you're playing a lot of dime, your team is playing well. Let's just put it that way. You mm-hmm. you, you probably have the lead. You you uh, you know the the two teams that have played the most dime in history are in Ravens history are probably the two best, the 2000 Ravens and the 2019 Ravens who, yeah. who set the record. Forty two point two percent. That's for 17 games, so include mm-hmm. the playoff loss to Tennessee yeah. in 2019, and 34 and a half percent in 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that was really fairly island guard to play that much. Yeah, like that. absolutely. I think, yeah, I think that's kind of a bit of a staggering number for sure. Mm-hmm. Obviously back then with the, the big Ray Lewis days, uh, I think it's very rare to see that much team playing dime. So it really speaks to their quality of the defense back then for sure. Yeah. And then, and they had a coordinator who was a little bit ahead of his time, able to react to mm-hmm. circumstances very well. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, maybe. But let's talk mm-hmm. about uh, just dime packages and, and what there is. Tell us what, what, what would be, in your mind, a kind of a standard dime alignment. Sure. I, I would say standard um, is kind of off to certain opinions, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's one standard where there's the four, the four corners and the one linebacker right in the middle. So kind of two slot guys, two, cor- two wide corners, and then the two safeties. The other, um, other way would be to bring one of those safeties into the box with a linebacker, and you have that slot corner, two outside guys, and the two deep safeties as well. So let's, let's talk about the second one, because I think that mm-hmm. is kind of a standard dime in the way I think about it. It's three safeties and three corners, mm-hmm. and then it's how do you align those three safeties? Because the three corners are just aligned on three outside receivers. We know that mm-hmm. for, for, for yeah. starters. But then you have a you have a um, an, an extra safety, and he actually replaces your will linebacker. He, That's he, correct. Yeah. You keep your mic on the field typically, mm-hmm. and you or, or maybe a new guy becomes your mic, but you but you keep a mic linebacker on the field, mm-hmm. and your will linebacker becomes a, a, what's known as a dime back. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, and generally this guy will be covering if say like a tight end running back will flex up the slot, hook over mm-hmm. that guy, or he'll play that short zone area. So excellent description of that. So in terms of responsibilities, you're, you're gambling that he's going to be better at understanding what downhill responsibilities are necessary than a linebacker in terms of coverage of that running back, mm-hmm. uh, being able to cover a short zone and hopefully impede passing lanes mm-hmm. at a level that's better than a linebacker. Because sure. 
uh, he, he's really got to understand some of what's going on between level two and level three on the downs that he plays, right? He, right. He's got to be able to get in passing lanes, got to yep. be able to create viable zone defense mm-hmm. uh, when you want that. For sure. And I think, I mean, not too about to kill Hamilton a bunch, but he is mm-hmm. the first round pick. He's very uh, important mm-hmm. part of this defense moving forward. Uh, but I think that's where we can see his immediate impact more so than on the back end. He's a maybe six foot four, right? Big long arms. He's going to yep. get in those passing lanes for sure, right? Especially with guys like Brent Urban, Clayus Campbell uh, up front, right? So I think that's where we're going to see more of an impact before we see him making plays as a deep safety. It's, it, that's uh, that's an interesting call. I mean, Chuck Clark in 2019 was the be- had the best dying back year ever mm-hmm. for the Ravens. So it wouldn't shock me if, and they did this with Geno Stone already. You know, when you have yeah, a choice between right. Clark and Stone, maybe it's not. Maybe it's more obvious that you want Stone as a split safety on the back end mm-hmm. of a dime package, and you want Clark in the box to, to be right, a, yeah. a, a guy who really understands that. But but I, I I I wonder in terms of Hamilton's uses, I wouldn't put it past him to put him in a weak side linebacker mm-hmm. effectively and, and play that dime role. But I also wouldn't put it past him to put him on the back end because I think it gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of how you can rotate your your two free safeties back there yeah. to do some totally. good things. And I think, I mean, if you look at the film from him in Notre Dame, especially his junior year, um, a lot of the plays he's making was he started off too high and then he would just roll down into a low mm-hmm. zone, right? A lot of the deception uh, and he played at those low flats and he was, you know, I think David Bell from Purdue, right? The new Steelers or the new Bengals or Steelers receiver? One of the two. I think it's the Steelers. Um, yeah, one of the two. But yeah, he was one of the new receivers for one of our division rivals and he, I think he just knocked him clean and the ball came out and it was uh, one, of the, one of the more memorable plays that I've seen. But that was when he started off too high and then he rolled down. Now, this topic really interests me because I think it's one of the places where I don't – I would not say it's one of the things the Ravens have traditionally done. They, they often will bring a safety up to the line of scrimmage and try and rush one off the mm-hmm. edge. Um, it's fairly rare that they use a robber concept where they, where they drop one of two free, free safeties to take out a, a, a um, single route in the middle of a zone mm-hmm. defense, say. I, I just I don't th- th- and you know you think about how bad their inside linebacker coverage has been these last couple of years. I mean mm-hmm. they could have done relatively well with that if they had the right type for of safety sure. for the back end. Absolutely, and I think Minkin Fitzpatrick. You look to him; uh, he's a really good job with that. I think he's made a numerous amount of plays uh, last few years where he started off high, reached the quarterback, jumps down, and makes play on the dig or in cut of sorts. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great point. So I, I, Hamilton being, obviously, he's he's much quicker as a reader than he is in terms of his actual speed, but mm-hmm. he makes up for a lot of his play. He, he, he plays at a very fast mm-hmm. rate because he reads so well. Williams also, no problems in terms of reads on the back end. Uh, either one of those guys, I would think, are, are, are somebody you could alternate dropping down now Williams might be a guy you really want more playing the overthrow on the I would back think end so, yeah yeah but but Hamilton certainly gigantic man big enough mm-hmm. to come down and 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 play that robber role if you want to do totally. it totally yeah absolutely and then we can get we can get into this later but that we can talk about you know that, that brings Marcus Peters to play more deep and kind of get his eyes over the field yeah. and be able to make plays and that sort of stuff but yeah well that's kind of your standard cover three and and, and correct, we're, yeah. we're, we're really I, I kind of want to get into this on a different show because sure, we, yeah. I thought we were really talking packages but let's you know for tangential conversation <laughs> is a lot of the fun uh, so cover three in the in the NFL typically is both outside corners roll back to take the deep third of the field on each side with the free mm-hmm. safety taking the deep center zone 
So you probably want Marcus Williams, but maybe you want Hamilton back there on some plays. And then one of those safeties rolls up to take a short zone, one of the three. It could, could also be a robber, but, but probably a short zone, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, either usually either left or right in the center. So yeah. good chance that that's in the quarterback's line and very important job for him to read the quarterback, try and figure out where he's trying to get the football, not have to obviously can't be looking back and forth and try to read the quarterback and then look back at a receiver behind him. That doesn't work, but, but he, he can be, uh, he, he, he'll understand what route concepts may exist right off the line of scrimmage. For sure. He'll look for leverage. I mean, just the way a safety would have to normally mm-hmm. to say, well, oh, wait, looks like he's trying to move inside. I better cheat up this way and try and see if I can cut off a, a post route here or whatever it might be. Exactly. And I think um, kind of go back to what we're saying earlier, if they start, the safety start too high as they're rolling down, they can mm-hmm. do what's called route elimination. And that means as they're seeing either trips or doubles formation, uh, they see something kind of go out right away, like radically in, mm-hmm. then they know that's gone off their side of the field. And they have a better picture of what two men or one man row concepts are left left to be had. Because they started back as opposed to because they started that's, low. That's correct, yeah. Because yeah, they have more time to see the field and react to what's happening in front of them. They see more, they develop, see what's developing more, and they can react to that. Great point. Great point. And, and in your experience and in terms of mm-hmm. what you've watched in terms of the NFL and maybe even in terms of, of the high school sure. game or college game for sure, mm-hmm. um, are, are safeties particularly well adapted to understand what's going on behind them because they typically or often when they're on the back end see the play develop that mm-hmm. way? Uh, it, it depends. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, if you define behind them, meaning like obviously level, level three and behind them, not necessarily, no. but well, like, let me explain what I mean. Sure. So, yes, yes. so I'm really talking, I'm specifically talking about a, a safety who's coming up to play the dime back roles gotcha. where, where he's, gotcha. he's going to start low instead of For starting sure, yeah. high. Does he Absolutely. understand the concepts of what's going on behind him from what he's seeing? Yes. Generally, generally. Okay. All right, I'll say because there's some linebackers who do it, but I've, it's always been my, or in recent years, it's been my contention after Ray Lewis left, and really after Mosley left because he was terrific at it too. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's it's so hard to find these unicorn linebackers, and you, you're really better off splitting up the position into a platoon, and you can yeah. you can you can fund it much more cheaply. If somebody goes mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. that player is much more replaceable. Like if you have to replace Anthony Levine as your dime back or even Chuck Clark as your dime back, you've probably mm-hmm. got a guy who can do that as long as you have first and second down covered uh, exactly. with, with another player or players. Uh, yeah, and, and that's something at the tough thing about picking a linebacker in the first round and spending that draft capital. Mm-hmm. Unless you get a guy like Micah Parsons, yeah. right? Uh, it's just it's you're too much investment to not have a really good quality pass coverage guy. Yeah, great point. Great point. And, you know, you, you'll you'll end up very often with a two-down guy. And if you do end up with a three-down guy, you might not end up being who you want him to be as, a, as one component or the other, whether it's run defender or a pass coverage guy. You exactly, just might not end yeah. up being, being yeah. everything you want. I think a lot of people point towards, like, uh, Devin White, right, the Buccaneers, yeah. being the prototypical three-down guy. But even he's not very, like, very strong in run coverage, right? So it's just it's yeah. very hard to find those guys who are good at – who excel at all three levels. Yeah, both of the two Devons, honestly, somewhat of disappointment. Devin Bush, I, mm-hmm. I really like him as a player, but the, the Steelers declined his fifth-year option. I mean, right there, that tells you all you need to know about him know. really being a success as a first-round pick. And Devin White really hasn't played any better than Devin Bush, even though I, I know he yeah. won the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, it's just it, – 
we, we went through such an area, an era of peak valuation for inside linebacker mm-hmm. draft capital situation is so far out of hand. It's, it's like what's <laughs> happening to wide receivers now in terms exactly, of yeah. the combination of draft capital, trade value, huge contract value. Exactly. I just find another way. You know, if you're going to find the hardest part about being a GM, from from my point of view, the hardest part about being a GM is is deciding where not to spend your money, not where (laughs) to spend your money, because you can say, I need one of everything. It's like you're going to the grocery store and and you have all the draft Mm -hmm. capital you need or or you you either then have to expect your fourth round guy to be good as somebody else's first round guy. Or you have Mm -hmm. to you, you have to find out you have to figure out some economy in terms of what you're doing to, so that you derive an advantage over your, uh, uh, your rivals and particularly in the conference and, and division. And I, I just, I, I don't have a lot of, a lot of, um, tolerance for people. Uh, tolerance is the wrong word. I, 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 I tend to discount opinions from people who say, don't tell me about the cap, just find a way, put it on the credit card, do whatever you have to do. It just, it, it, you can't do that. I mean, the cap it's, is the yeah. ultimate master. I mean, it's not, it's not very feasible, right? Especially for long-term success. Sure. You can sell it for two quick years, but football is any given Sunday. If you don't, it's very easy not to win. And then you're kind of screwed over for the next 10 years. If you have a really, really bad cap situation. Yeah. Hopefully that, uh, you know, the, the, the Ravens have, have always been a team that's, that's played for the levelized competitiveness. And mm-hmm. as a season ticket holder, I, I, I can tell you, I've really appreciated that. I, I want to be able to go to football games every Sunday or, or every second Sunday during the season Absolutely, yeah. and, and expect to have a chance to win. And, and I, I, I don't like roller coaster parody, like I call it, where you have mm-hmm. to go through the trough mm-hmm. and maybe anytime you're in the trough, you're thinking about tanking and just, you know, we're, we're, we go through this with the Orioles and we see just how difficult it is to rebuild. And the Orioles are, are additionally handicapped. They're basically playing with their arms and feet tied because they, because they're in a division with two incredible yeah, spending exactly. teams. Yeah. But uh, boy, it really it's not a it, it I, it's not what I would want as a season ticket holder. For sure. I mean, and as a Blue Jays fan, like we we're talking about in the production meeting, right? I, I assume you're talking about the Yankees and the Red Sox, right? Being the two big spending teams, right? And I mean, there's so many times where there's been guys in free agency where you're like, okay, we're going to get them, and they pay you know, twice that his value. And it's like, who can compete with that? Right. Well, you, you, I mean, there's a point at which you need to let the other team fail because they pay too much for the player. But uh, when you have just unlimited local TV revenue and, and you're, you know, you, you always are going to have more than the next guy, then it's hard to make them fail enough times to really pay for their sins. And, and uh, yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. And then you have one Chris Davis here in, in Baltimore and, <laughs> and you, you pay for that sin for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, too good. All right, so where were we? So, so we, we talked about the standard dime a little bit, and uh, some of the ways that that can be deployed. Um, I, I, I do think it'll be Chuck Clark. We'll, we'll see a dime back again this year, uh, up uh, playing up. I think Hamilton will be the guy who moves all over. So, if, if dime is in, I kind of would see him on the as a player who starts on the back end when they're too high. He could come up uh, on the edge of the line of scrimmage to give you that outside edge rusher. You know, that second edge rusher on one side, that ought to be fun. Uh, If that happens, he can come up and press on a tight end or even Mm -hmm. a big wide receiver, I think, if that's the way they do it. But again, it'll be a case of how much does his play demand his usage uh, to see just how many snaps he plays. But it wouldn't surprise me if even if the Ravens, you know, can play 35 percent time, which I think might be a good goal for this year. Mm -hmm. That means they're playing pretty well um, that. Uh, okay, thirty-five percent of of what you'd call your standard dime, that he'd still get a fair number of big nickel snaps to go with that. For sure, 
and Absolutely. and uh, and hopefully maybe get up to to fifty percent plus. I think of the snaps would be a good goal. I'd say it's pretty a pretty reasonable goal for sure. Um, but I think Hamilton he's kind of like the ultimate chess piece. I think we've heard that a few times mm-hmm. this season in the chatter. But I think you're you're exactly right. He can line up on a Travis Kelsey type and at least give him a good jam off on a scrimmage to disrupt mm-hmm. the routes, and then he can drop into further coverage from there. You can match him up with certain guys in the slot that you kind of see as advantageous matchups there mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of use them however they would like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Be, uh, we'll be interested to see how that, uh, how that works out. It's certainly, uh, he's a, he's a rare size and shape combination mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. you know, ball skills to uh, match just about anybody in the league in theory. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. It's definitely uh, an exciting player to have. And, and I don't think the Ravens, uh, are, are going to often have a chance to get a defender of his caliber. So very excited sure. about the pick. I'm just very excited about yeah. me the as fact well. that they, yeah. And I'm sure the Ravens are very happy that he ran on the four seventh of the combine uh, for the 40 time. That probably plummeted his stock and they're yeah, probably he, thankful. Great point, Daniel, because if he'd have run four or five, he certainly would have gone in the top 10. Oh, you would uh, imagine that. You'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Well, uh, you know, there's, there's another form of dime. I mean, the Ravens there is actually about four forms of dime, but we're not going to go over everyone. The other major one is a, a four corner dime. Uh, now, I'll just I'll go into this a little bit because the Ravens in 2019 used it 21 times on the season, 19 times against mm-hmm. Arizona in the week two game. Mm-hmm. And the reason is they see when, when you see a lot of um, 01 and 10 personnel, so you've got four yes. receivers on the field, you want to match up a corner on each of those. You can get yep. that done. Now, is that something you would see, think the Ravens would do a lot this year, given who their corners are? Or would they be happy with Hamilton, say, lining up opposite the largest of those wide receivers? I would imagine that they'd be, they'd be happy with Hamilton coming in. Um, I think you made a really good point. Actually, you've seen a lot of 1-0 or 0-1 because mm-hmm. Arizona specifically that year was running a lot of air raid, yep. right? With Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury bringing that from uh, Texas Tech. Uh, and you almost want to match up those four. Uh, those four corners, but I think with the Dolphins, they're going to they're gonna see this year. I think they'd be more than happy just to keep Hamilton in there. So, sure. so it, it, most most teams don't have like four four forty mm-hmm. five receivers they can put on the field at once. Uh, yeah, I'm not exactly. saying I, I don't know if there's no team in the league that can do it, but there's, there's pretty close to no teams that can do it. Mm-hmm. But if there is, mm-hmm. you know, there's often you know. The, They'll have a uh, a larger receiver like Claypool or Evans or yeah, uh, yeah. who was the guy for Buffalo for years who fit that that uh, Benjamin yes Calvin Benjamin yeah, yeah. so, so uh, you know the larger receivers who you can cover with a safety uh, exactly. or you can think about covering with a with a player like Hamilton so uh, the other time that they that that was used a fair amount against the uh, the Ravens or the Ravens had to put it on the field was in. 2020 in the COVID game against Roethlisberger in Baltimore. Mm, yeah. They, they were, the Steelers just thinking back to then were undefeated yeah. and they stayed undefeated uh, for a long time, but they were a paper tiger all the way in terms of who oh. they were. Even the yeah. Pittsburgh guests coming on the show were like, basically, <laughs> you know, I can't believe it's happening, but you know, 17% <laughs> seems to be the odds right now with five games to play. Seriously. Right. Yeah. Um, and I remember actually a funny quote from that game or from the game after when the, when the Washington played them. Uh, I, think mm-hmm. Chase, I think after they'd won, it was Chase Young's uh, post-game interview. And he was like, oh, yeah, Baltimore exposed them. Like, they showed who, who they really are with their practice mm-hmm. squad defense. Other. But, yeah, you're right. It was take away the quick game because Ben couldn't throw over 30 yards and kind of see what – and they couldn't run the ball. So it was kind of see what they can do from there. 
So they had they they put four wide receivers on the field. Unfortunately, the Ravens' fourth wide receiver was Terrell Bond, who, who mm. did Terrell Bond Bonds Bonds, uh, Bonds, who wasn't wasn't very good, and uh, <laughs> and he had a lot of problems. Gave up three receptions, yeah. had a penalty yeah. in that in yeah. that half. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't a very exciting offense for Pittsburgh to get him down the field. It's not nothing they should be proud about uh, about how they how they managed to win that game. That they managed mm-hmm. to win that game. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're, you can be happy about that. But yeah, uh, yeah, and I think wasn't it a, like a third and eight? And it was an incredible catch by Deontay Johnson to, to finish the game. Like the Ravens should have had another chance, uh, if I remember correctly. But I remember it being like coming down to the very last play. And it was just, I think Bowser was undercutting it and like just missed his finger by uh, about oh, an okay. inch or two. Yeah, I yeah. think Bowser, Bowser might have had an interception in that game because he, he had did, three interceptions yeah. that year. Yeah. By the he right, by the game. left sideline. Side yeah, line. that's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, great, great stuff. We we can talk about all sorts of different things defensively when we do this. So we're, we're, we're through basically the, the dime package. Now one, one package that the Ravens have used historically on several different occasions is the quarter. And I think this year they might go back to it and, and play it a mm-hmm. fair amount. I think so too. I think, right. We, we haven't seen a linebacker really step up uh, and prove that he can be a consistent uh, coverage backer. And obviously mm-hmm. with the, Two corners you got in the draft with Hamilton, Clark, Williams. Uh, that gives them a really good opportunity to bring three safeties and four corners on the field at the same time. And just like you have ultimate coverage guys out there all at the same time. So it's really, really going to be beneficial for them. So you got, you got two ways you can do it. You can do three corners mm-hmm. and four safeties. You can do four, four, uh, four and three or three and four safeties and corners. Yes, yes, put yes. That <laughs> so the, what I kind of consider mm-hmm. the traditional um, dime look is a four safety, three corner look where the mm-hmm. three corners are spread normally on your outside receivers. You have four safeties on the field. Um, basically each two front safeties are each replacing your two inside linebackers. So you have zero mm-hmm. inside linebackers on the field. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things about that package is the only time you get to run it is if you don't have your green dot on an inside linebacker, because you, otherwise yes. you really can't run it. You have to take him off the field. But the exactly. Ravens have that flexibility, yeah. at least now, because Chuck Clark Absolutely. has the green dot. And I think, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I think four safeties probably will be the likely uh, package with Geno Stone, right? He made a few big plays last year. He's been improving every year. Um, so I think we'll really see Geno Stone, uh, Clark Williams, and Hamilton be those four guys. So, certainly could be. I, I, you know, I honestly think it could be Tony Jefferson too. Been a great tackler, yeah, totally. yeah. and and he's if if you if you're talking about replacing your Mike, Tony seems like the more logical guy because mm-hmm. that's a real downhill sticks defending job in terms of covering that that running back wherever he goes and mirroring sure. him. And then be able to take him on, and you need a fairly big guy to, to be confident. Yeah. Safeties miss a lot of tackles otherwise. Totally, and, yeah. I, I, and, yeah, sorry. Uh, I was more referring to Geno being one of the back end guys. Sorry, yeah, I should have explained that. Yeah, the Geno and Williams, right? And then you have uh, Clark and Hamilton down low. Okay, in that way, I think I think that'd be a good way to, to utilize it. Yeah, that that could certainly work. That that mm-hmm. gives you a lot of uh, uh, it gives you a lot of zone opportunity from from with Absolutely. that group for certain. I, I I'm uh, I'd be comfortable with either. What I really like about the Ravens' safety room is having five safeties to make four. If you want to play quarter in that way, is really important. It's, Absolutely, it's, it, it doesn't work really to try and go get through a season with four safeties all staying healthy. Exactly. Just, yeah. It, too much of a risk. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, let's see. What other? What else about quarter? You mentioned mentioned playing it with four um, uh, corners. Also. Right. Which yeah. Would, yeah. 
Totally, yeah. And I think um, you know, four corners, it would, I guess I think it would depend on more matchups, right? You can see more of the spread air raid, uh, four wide type guys. Um, Kansas City is the first team that comes to mind, especially this year, right? Where they got rid of Tyreek Hill, bring in a whole slew of new receivers if they were to see Kansas City in the playoffs, for example. Um, but it would be more matchup based, I would think. Um, kind of traditional one zero zero one type offenses. Um, that was pretty, pretty would probably want a matchup more corner. Explain, on explain what you mean by one zero zero one. Sure, yeah, for sure. So one zero meaning um, one uh, one running back, no no tight end. Oh, Ten and eleven. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yes, okay. sorry. <laughs> Ten and eleven. All right. Okay. All right. So, uh, great, great. I'm sorry. I didn't know what you meant. I thought you were talking about some specific alignment. No, like, no, no. Sorry. This is new. Okay. So, uh, uh, okay. So I, I agree. Matchup based yeah. and, and depends on your opponent personnel, whether you want to go yeah. with four corners. If you look back at the 2000 Ravens, they really, they did it with four corners. They had Bailey and Trapp, Starks and McAllister all mm-hmm. on the field, uh, at the same time with, with only with, with three safeties as well. And that was Harris, uh, Woodson and Herring. Uh, but they, but they, you know, you can make four corners work, and, and having a guy um, like Trap, who, who was big enough uh, to play and to, to play mm-hmm. more towards the center of the field, was very helpful for that. Bailey was a smaller guy. What's funny about Bailey, Harris, and Trap is the, the 2000 Ravens are all known for the starting 11, of course, and they, they were fantastic. But those three guys, they played the high leverage downs, and they are unremembered at this point. I mean, Corey Harris, great. It was the best dime back year for quite some time, uh, probably until Clark came along. Uh, Chad Williams had a great year. Sorry, until Levine came along in 2018. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, just a terrific year, and he's not remembered. James Trapp, I think people remember because he's the fastest man in the NFL. I don't think there's very many Ravens who could tell you, Ravens fans who could tell you exactly what he did for that 2000 defense. And, and it's, you know, what he did was really important. I mean, I was only born in '96, so I, I probably couldn't. I probably couldn't tell you. You were four, but <laughs> exactly, I was four. But uh, no, totally. Um, I think right, someone so like, the, or sorry, I think someone like Jimmy Smith, um, over the past couple of years, kind of later in his career, would be that kind of that fourth mm-hmm. corner guy, right? He can be in the box, yeah, a bit of a bigger point. fella, but he can also cover those uh, those wide receiver types as well. Yeah, line, line up on your biggest tight end, uh, or yeah. line up on the boundary, pretty much anywhere. But even against a smaller, faster guy, he he had some good technique in terms of, mm-hmm. of guiding that player to the sideline and taking away space yeah. from him. For sure, uh, I, I certainly love what Jimmy Smith brought. I want to see Humphrey back on the outside for just mm-hmm. that reason, and and I know it's it's a good thing for the Ravens that a Humphrey is versatile enough to play slot because because it means that he can cover a hole if you got a hole there, mm-hmm. but it's not good for Humphrey personally. Uh, it's, it, 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 it does not maximize who um, Humphrey is personally, I don't think, to be in the slot. I think he's actually much better on the outside. I, I would completely agree, for sure. Uh, one more thing I just want to talk about the Ravens in terms of that quarter yeah, defense totally. is the Ravens um, had a 31 quarter they played, which was, to me, it's it's the oddball kind. I'm used to like a four zero seven. Yeah. Uh, uh, quarter where you play four men at the line of scrimmage, you know, aligning your pass rush in some way, and then you play yeah. seven behind them that are all defensive backs. Uh, but you were mentioning you, you, the the three one seven also is being something that you're used to as a fairly standard quarter. Yeah, um, I would say it's yeah definitely like a mix, definitely a mix in for sure. But I would say it's definitely a third and very long. I'm talking fifteen twenty plus yards um, where you can have those seven guys cover every inch of the field. Uh, you have the four deep, the three mm-hmm. under, and you can just completely blanket the entire field. And then it, it only really works fairly well if you have 
uh, at least two of those three rushers being very dominant rushers, either one inside or two outside guys. Because um, if you don't have mm-hmm. that quick pass rush, then he has all day and, you know, bad things happen. But uh, if you have those, at least two of those three really good, really good rushers on the defensive line, you can let the other uh, eight guys, eight guys, yeah, eight guys in the back end, four and four, um, really just blanket the whole field and then make it really hard for the quarterback to find a window. Uh, when, the, when the Ravens ran in 2000, one of the things I noticed in, in, in going through and charting all the games was that Ray Lewis was really used more than more than anything as a mm-hmm. um, move around and find your spot as a pass rusher guy. So mm-hmm. he would he would kind of roam the line of scrimmage looking for looking for a good spot to, to rush the passer. I'm not even sure if if that was you know dictated where he was supposed to go through by a call. You know, yeah. he has to go through the big sure, gap yeah. if it's Panther kind of thing, but. Uh, he uh, he's a very special player. Obviously, the next year, mm-hmm. you know, after playing a lot of dime and a very standard three-three dime look they had with safeties and corners, they moved to this thirty-two dime the next year, where they where they actually uh, it's the only time it had been played uh, was in two thousand until two thousand and twenty-one. They actually went back to it for a few snaps, but a thirty-two dime you play three at the line of scrimmage and two inside linebackers behind them. Dallas was famously known for playing it for some number of years in there. Yeah. You still get six defensive backs to, to yeah. sprinkle around the field as you see fit. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, uh, but I think, I think it's a good point you make though, because I think it's kind of where Patrick Queen can maybe find the value uh, in the quarters package, right? If he, he's a really great blitzer. Uh, if he is given the freedom to kind of roam around between the gaps and he can be fine, see something he likes, you can just take it and go and squeeze through or even away as well and bring him off the ball there for a little bit. You can find a gap and just hit it hard and go through. Yeah, that's that's great. Bowser, of course, if he's off ball as well, yeah, gives you versatility yeah. in terms of who's doing it. So you can rush your slot corner and Bowser then covers your yep. slot. Uh, totally. Lots of options to to uh, uh, to rotate coverages and rotate danger there. But that's an interesting idea for Patrick Queen in terms of mm-hmm. getting on the field in a 31-quarter look. Uh, it's it's not what the Ravens have done with Martindale. They've been much more wanting to line up additional outside linebackers at yeah. inside positions. So they've done that's a lot correct. more yeah. of that. But yeah. that's uh, that's certainly an interesting you know mm-hmm. idea for Patrick Queen in terms of a way to drive some value. For sure, yeah. I think we've seen a lot of you know previous years Jihad Ward turn on like the rush from those inside spots, and that's kind of a race car package. Is that kind of yeah. you've called it? Before? Yeah, I think I remember that race car package. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, so that's that's a, when they when they had four outside linebackers. That's really a Martindale yeah. thing. Nobody else had ever done that before yeah, for the yeah. Ravens. So yeah, it was really interesting and fun to see that come up. For sure, I, yeah. Daniel. Great talking football with you here. I just love doing this. This is one of my favorite topics of all. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Folks, I, I just I'm gonna I'm gonna point you out to one video that's been out there for a, for a few years now. But if you're looking for more of a by pictures explanation of these packages, go look at what's that defense. I did it in after the 2019 season, and it's been out there for a while. And it's it's some, I think after 19 or 18, yeah, after 19, and it's been out there a while with that 19 personnel and whatnot um, uh, in there. And, and you might find it fun if you can't follow the conversation here in a podcast format. Uh, but Daniel, really appreciate having you on. Mm-hmm. Tell people where they can talk football with you. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. Um, my, my username is Coach underscore Mills underscore. Uh, yeah, shoot me a message, shoot me a tweet, mention me in something, and I just love to chat football with you. All right.
right. Outstanding. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up, DM on Twitter. Uh, they're always open. And as always, I'm looking for narrow topics that we can discuss in about uh, 25 to 40 minutes here, maybe. And uh, this is perfect length here with Daniel on this mm-hmm. one. Uh, and fun to go down memory lane a little bit in the history of the Ravens and, and their use of packages. Daniel, thanks again for coming on. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate you always having me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.